Welcome back to the Washington Reporter Podcast. I'm Jacob Wool. Ernie Veratimos is joining us. As always, Ernie, how's it going? It's going great. Weather's getting more. I mean, it's getting there. Summer is almost there. I am psyched. Well, I'll tell you what, weather's nice here as well. Started off the day very cloudy. It's always but, nice uh, there. <laughs> I mean, it never disappoints. I went outside today, it was all cloudy, and I walked outside again. It's sun's out, it's nice, it's beautiful. Man, you can't go wrong. Southern California. Orange County, conservatives abound, weather's nice, can't complain. But uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. Of course, we need to get into this Roseanne Barr controversy and and the left's outrage over this, their, their complete and total apoplectic rage over what Roseanne Barr said about Valerie Jarrett, a, a deeply uh, evil, disturbed, uh, sickening woman. And we also need to talk about North Korea. There's new developments there we're going to bring you. Uh, we're going to talk about these rogue Teslas. They're all over the place. They're they're running into cop cars that are parked. And uh, we're going They've to talk got a about, mind of their own. Oh, they do. They've got a mind of their own. And something tells me Tesla's stock might have a mind of its own very soon. Uh, and, you know, we want to get into this Europe mayhem prognostication that's coming from George Soros. What has he got planned? Is he shorting the market? Should you get out of stocks? We're going to get into that uh, coming up. And last but not least, we're going to talk about the massive cost of Robert Mueller's investigation. We've got a new report in on that and Trump's pardoning fest. He just pardoned Dinesh D'Souza. There is word that more pardons may be coming next. So we're going to get into all of this. You've got to stay tuned. We're going to warm up to it. This is going to be the best podcast you've ever heard. Uh, So let's jump right in. So I want to talk about this Roseanne Bar tweet. Everybody's seen the tweet. Everybody's seen the reaction. Of course, her show was canceled promptly. And not only was it canceled, but all of the shows were wiped off the internet. You know, I uh, have very clear views on this, and I think everybody knows what I think. But but Ernie, what were you thinking when you saw this, when it hit the wire? I'm, I'm just curious. What, what did you think would happen here? Well, you know, uh, I know that she's had some issues with um, with medications, and uh, she herself has said that she's been, you know, a little bit on the rail. And, uh, and you know, I, I think Roseanne is just the perfect target. And she was set up, I think. I think her, her, uh, her, um, her ratings started to slip a little bit. And quite frankly, um, the network was looking for any excuse to get rid of her. I mean, they, they were just apoplectic with the fact that her show had uh, hit, you know, ratings highs. Now it had just uh, dropped back down to something that was maybe normal. Right, right. No, it's it's uh, it's definitely, you know, they were looking for an excuse to get rid of her. This tweet came out. Of course, Valerie Jarrett is no angel, and I don't think that anybody has any sympathy for Valerie Jarrett. But apparently people said it was racist. And of course, you know, what did she call her? Well, you know, we she she called her uh, uh, the, the, the love child of Planet of the Apes mixed with um, mixed with the Muslim Brotherhood, which. No, it was a very specific character on the Planet of the Apes. It was the it was that woman doctor, I think. Perhaps. And she and she does have quite a similarity to that, uh, I, I must say. I mean, I, you know, look, I'm sorry. Am I being racist? No, no, no. She looks quite similar, and it, you know, it is there, what it is. You know, you everybody sees a little bit in everybody else. Like some people have dogs, right? And you say, "Man, that is that person's dog looks just like him." Yeah, it happens all the time. But you know, we all know, leftists are the paragons of moral virtue and decency and class, and that's why I think it's important to hear what one of these moral and ethical paragons had to say. Here's Samantha B. You know, Ivanka, that's a beautiful photo of you and your child, but let me just say, one mother to another, do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless c- He listens to you. 
Put on something tight and low cut and tell your father to f***ing stop it. Tell him it was an Obama thing and see how it goes, okay? We'll be right back. It's great, isn't it? It's awesome. Listen to that crowd. Wow. I mean, it's I don't know what's more disgusting, her or those people cheering. I mean, oh my god. I can't if, if I were a woman in that crowd, I would have gotten up and, you know, given her a cold cut to the face. My god. I, I just want to make a proclamation here. Samantha B is not funny. No, she's I, she's not funny. She's just not funny. You know, I love political humor, but she is not funny at all. I don't understand how she is elevated to the heights that she has. She there, There's never been anything that I've ever watched of her that was remotely funny. It, it didn't do anything for me. I just sit there stone face. I don't get it. No, I don't get it. Same thing besides with the, Amy besides Schumer. Besides the fact that she's just you know rude beyond reproach. No, it's funny. She's actually featured my dad several times in his Fox News clips, and she really doesn't like him. It's really weird. But uh, no, she's not funny. She's not remotely funny. Neither is um, her, her, her twin, Amy Schumer. Neither of them are very funny. They're not attractive, I, so I don't know why people are, are watching. But, uh, you know, this this is the left. Of course, Jimmy Kimmel, he's, he's performed in blackface. Um, you know, th- this is the thing. But, you know, my big point is I don't really come down on either side of this. I just say let the public decide. And if these things are oh, so yeah. offensive, just maybe people won't watch. What's the big deal? Oh, absolutely. I, and on either side, I don't care. Let the political humor fly. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, we, we do live in a free society, right, where uh, where we tolerate um, uh, any kind of speech and exchange of ideas. I mean, that's what America is all about. But it seems that we have to couch everything and protect everybody's precious ears. Yeah, it's, it's really, We need to really go back strange. to the George Carlin era. Oh, I know. I know. We really do. You know, if do. George Carlin were alive today, he would get banned. He would. No, if, if George Carlin... Or Sam Kinison. I mean, do you remember what Sam Kinison used to say about Africa? <laughs> I, oh, mean, <laughs> I mean, Sam Kinison would have been run out of town so fast by these snowflake leftists uh, if, if he were around today. It wouldn't even be funny. It wouldn't even be He would be run out of town so fast it'd make your head spin. But uh, we're going to keep covering it. I, I'm trying to score an interview with Roseanne and have her on the podcast. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, I've talked to her. She's always been very nice to me. She retweets me a lot. I retweet her a lot. So we'll see what happens. But um, well, you know what? You know what her punishment now will be to go back to Hawaii, to Maui, to her farm. Yeah. Yeah. Tremendous. Pun- she's already been paid for the show. From what I understand, she doesn't care. I mean, it's yeah. So that's that. Um, so, yeah, you know, Roseanne Barr is going to be fine, folks. Don't worry about Roseanne. It's going to be OK. Uh, I do want to get into this North Korea development. So uh, Kim Chong Choi, uh, the vice chairman of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, made his way to New York City, flew to Beijing and then to New York City to their diplomatic outpost there. It's a big luxury apartment, $8 million, uh, midtown Manhattan. And he's now met with Mike Pompeo for two straight days at the apartment. They're negotiating denuclearization. Kim assures us that he's committed to denuclearization, although... You know, they've said that for a long, long time, and nothing's really happened. They've never honored any deal that they've made with us. So everything's in motion. I think, you know, one of the takeaways is, everybody's at, what's the takeaway? What should we think of this? I think the takeaway is that the idea, the suggestion, and and I've been one to pose this, that, you know, this was all worked out, and and Trump was just going to fly in and have dinner. Uh, I think that's, you know, I, I think this throws water on that a little bit. I really? Yeah, I think it does because, 
you know, why would you need to have two days of nonstop negotiations if this was already handled? I mean, maybe it's a big show. It just it would seem like a really expensive so think, show. So you think that they're looking at some kind of um, uh, stepped approach, you know, to slowly denuclearize? Yes, that's what I'm hearing. The other thing I'm hearing is that we've taken off the table demands for human rights improvements in the country. But, I, I you know... Or, or shipping five nukes over to France. Yeah, or shipping five nukes over to France. That's... You know, I don't know. It's we're well past that deadline, um, but you notice that deadline passed and Trump pulled out. Um, so, you know that that did sort of happen. Um, and and well, see, Trump- Trump's going to have to save face here, Jacob. I oh. mean, he he needs to you know reestablish the upper hand. I I don't know if you think that he's. I, it sounds to me a little weak. Maybe I'm misreading this, but you know, I I, I like the way he handled handled it to this point. But uh, to let go of some of those things that he felt that were hard lines and and uh, driving towards a denuclearization of, of the peninsula, you know, and when when Kim, you know, came back and then made the comment and he thought he was going to coerce Trump into maybe uh, some concessions, it seems like maybe he won. Now, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm I'm sort of upsetting the apple cart here, but that's that's how I feel. I feel like Trump needs now to reestablish control. Well, I just think it should be a very simple. This is this, you know, really should never have been a negotiation. It should have been a coercion. Should have been listen up, buddy. Well, that's what I mean. We're, we're, you give us all of the nukes, we'll give you some money, and we won't carpet sweep you. And we won't carpet sweep you. And on top of it, we'll turn you into this paradise. Yeah. Yeah. If, like like South Korea. Yeah. If not, it's game over. You, you, You're you dead. Won't be K, you won't be see, we have K-pop. What what could they be? Uh, they'll be NK pop. You just yeah, add an N? yeah. It would have yeah. They'd have to separate, <laughs> segregate it that way. They'd be NK pop. Sure, sure, sure. But I mean, although we'd have to give them a few years for the uh, for the girls over in North Korea to gain some weight. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> no doubt about it. They're uh, you know they need to put on some pounds. So anyway, you know we'll we'll have to see how this shakes out. But um, they're pressing for the summit to take place on June twelfth. Uh, that's still what they're kind of pressing for. You know, the other possibility, Ernie, is that there's no hardcore negotiations going on at all, and that this visit from Mike Pompeo there is, is simply a logistical matter. That's also possible. They're simply working out the logistics because the last time they had a meeting to work out the logistics, North Korea didn't show up. Right. So that's the other possibility, and, and that's the other thing that we're tracking here. You know, it And sure, if we have them captive here in New York, there's no place to go. Yeah, that's get the right. job done. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. We lured them into New York City, and guess what? They're not leaving if we don't want them to leave. Maybe that's the maybe that's the play. Maybe Trump says, "Hey, now I've got a hostage." You know, it's like, hey, Doc, I wonder if Trump owns that building that they have the apartment in. Could be. I, I'm not sure. That would be interesting. But uh, you know, that apartment's just bugged out the wazoo. I mean, it's oh, got to yeah. be. That apartment's probably got more bugs in it than you know. Jeffrey's insect farm. I mean, it's 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 got to be. It's got to be. I mean, we've got to know everything that goes on there. I, I, I you know, and I, I read an article in the Times recently. I sound like a liberal. The Times. No, I, in the New York Times recently, uh, where they talked about this arrangement they have where they've got this apartment in Midtown New York City and they're not allowed to leave uh, more than one and a half miles away from the apartment. Uh, so they have to kind of stay around. So they, they they can't leave, and then they have to get special permission to get to the airport and fly back if they want to. It's very strange. But um, so one and a half miles. Yeah, that's what I've heard. 
one and a half miles. In New York City, one and a half miles, there's a lot to do within a, in a one and a half. There's a lot to do within three blocks of any place in the city. Sure, sure. I mean, in, in Midtown Manhattan, that's that's a lot of leeway. I mean, at the same time, they're not they're not going way up to you know anywhere too special. Um, so, it, it's interesting to me. Um, I'm a big skeptic on this stuff. I I don't think they're going to give up the nukes. I really don't. Really. I, yeah, I mean, the more I look at this, because why wouldn't they just take the first deal and make it very, very simple for themselves? We could have been done and dusted by now, but um, you know, instead well, they're flying uh, people yeah, all over. The longer they, the longer they hang on, the more that they can uh, extract. But I, I would think that um, I, I thought that the deal was just going to be sweet. Like here, here's the one-time offer: take it or leave it. Uh, we're going to turn your place into a paradise. You're going to get rid of the nukes. Everyone's going to be happy. Yeah, it's it is odd. I mean, I don't know why we're even meeting with them right now. I I thought the plan was going to be a couple of months of sanctions, you know, put the pressure on the Chinese banks that they've all got, you know, they've got these plans drawn up, internal memos and the whole thing. Uh but now that you know they're meeting, the people are coming here, we don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, we'll have to wait and see. The 12th is right around the corner. And Trump's tweeting about it today uh, is, is what's happening. And, and he said, you know, he's, he's looking forward to this. He said the proposed summit, he retweeted Pompeo, said the proposed summit offers a historic opening for at POTUS and Chairman Kim to boldly lead U.S. and DPRK into a new era of peace, prosperity and security. Our countries face a pivotal moment in which it could be nothing more, nothing short of tragic to let this opportunity. You know what waste. I see in the future, Jacob? What? I see Kim Jong-un being time man of the year and Trump not. <laughs> now, that's a prediction. That is a prediction. Yeah. No, you're right. That That's what's uh, that's what's coming. That that you're right. You're right. That is. Um, well, they've said they've already said liberals say very openly a lot of times that uh, that, you know, uh, Trump is uh, worse than Kim Jong-un. They say that all the time. That's that's nothing new. Keith Oberman says that. And you know, Mika Brzezinski and the rest of these weirdos say that all the time. Consider the source. Yeah. Yeah. So that they're, they're big on all of that. Uh, but we'll keep following it and we'll have the developments probably before you'll ever hear them in the mainstream media. But I want to get into this Tesla, you know, rogue Teslas. They're, they're out there. They're crashing into stuff. They have a mind of their own. They're taking over. They're starting to drive. Ernie, what is going on here? This, this is really weird. So, so there was one Tesla that uh, apparently, on its own, ran into a cop, uh, a parked cop car, with the cop in it. Uh, then there was another one that just started up in the middle of a city and just, and then took off and then smashed into some other parked cars. It seems to have this thing about parked cars. Now, is this a feature or is this a bug? Well, I, I <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's like the Model 3, you know, the Tesla Model 3 came out and the brakes were the worst brakes that, that Consumer Reports had ever tested. I said, oh, don't worry, we're sending out a software upgrade. They got a pre-production version. Can can you even adjust brakes with software? I don't know. I mean, I guess make them more, a little more slammy when people press on them. But And can they do it remotely? That's that's the key. Can right. they update the software remotely? Now, that that's a scary thought when you think about it. Right, right, right. I mean, it's it's. If you can if you can fix the brakes remotely, what else can you do to that car remotely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very, very strange. I mean, and supposedly these are the safest cars ever. I don't know. I mean, they seem to. 
you know, but but I do give to I do give Tesla some slack because, you know, every time a Tesla crashes, it's like national news. But you don't have that with any other company. You know, every Tesla crash seems to be like real national news. Um, so I, you know, well, they're the darling. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're the standard. And and of course, their stock is very liquid and it's very contentious, and you've got people on both sides of the trade, and that's, you know, that's really the big thing. Um, of course, you mentioned, and I hadn't heard this, but uh, SoftBank, which is you know originally was a was a software company, but now it's just sort of an investment conglomerate. Uh, they have invested two billion dollars into General Motors self-driving car division. What's what's the latest with that? Well, it looks like uh, GM stock has soared on on that news. Uh, yeah, two billion dollars for a driver's car unit. I think these are probably going to be the cars that uh, will uh, become the Uber-like um, driverless car service. Right, right, right. I mean, because you do need, you know, a, a lower cost alternative. I just think, you know, people need to learn how to drive. I mean, that's the main thing. Why don't we just teach people how to drive better? I mean, every day without fail, seven, eight, nine car crashes, you know, if you if you go on a long commute here in Southern California. I don't know about up there. Are people flipping their cars over and stuff nonstop? Is it the same all across the country? Up in Boston, you got a lot of, uh, you know, lunatic drivers who manage to flip over their VW bug. Well, you know, Boston drivers are the worst drivers in the world. Oh, really? Yeah, this is and this is one of the very few places in, in the country where we have rotaries, or in England where they call them roundabouts. And uh, in a rotary, the the rules are that if you're in the rotary, that you have the right of way. Do you think that anybody trying to get into the rotary, um, you know, pays attention or honors that rule? No. Uh, also, we um, we excel in taking a proper left hand turn from the right hand. <laughs> right hand line. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm sure that poses uh, a couple of issues for people and um, causes some issues. So that that's fascinating. But um, you know, I don't know. I I think. What do you think? What do you think? Short Tesla, long GM as a pairs trade over five years. What do you think happens to that trade? Oh wow! You know, see, the Tesla has so many other things going for it that it's hard. It's hard to. Um, Man, it's hard to rate that one. I, you know, and, and GM has such an advantage being uh, a, a company that has been um, uh, brought from the brink of disaster and bailed out, and, and making uh, money. They make money. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and and well, you know, I think that's probably a good idea because one thing that uh, Elon Musk has going against him is that um, he's definitely a, a Trump supporter. So I I, I think that that uh, that could be his downfall in the media. Right. They don't like him now that he started mentioning fake news and, you know, getting into uh, the, the really negative coverage that he gets a lot of times, oftentimes by journalists that are probably shorting his stock. Um, you know, he, he's fighting back. They really don't like that. Um, and of course, of course, the media is very negative. This is a dynamic that I didn't think about. Who advertises on the mainstream media? It's not Tesla. No, no, it's it's Ford. It's Toyota. It's GM. It's Chrysler. Well, well see, Hyundai. the thing is that you know there is a law that says that um, uh, you're you're supposed you can't have your your the manufacturer cannot have their own uh, dealerships, so they have to be uh, totally unaffiliated with the actual manufacturer. But Tesla is one, is really the only one now that has kind of usurped that law, where they have their their own stores. Right. 
Right. And they're sort of retail stores. I've, I've seen them in Santa Monica and a couple other places. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, you know, what do you think? So do you think the ad dollars from these competitors are influencing the coverage at all? I think it's very possible. Mm. You know, because they're spending billions and billions of dollars with NBC and ABC and you name it. And, um, of course they want negative news about Tesla, you know? Sure. Makes sense sure. to me. Seems yeah, like but they're, uh, they're getting all this other free news from all the other stuff that they're involved in, like SpaceX, for instance, and uh, and now Tesla. Well, through Solar City, which uh, is it, Solar City? Uh, I think that's who they own. Yeah, uh, that is putting solar panels on virtually every home in America. Yeah, it is. It is pretty uh, pretty interesting. But you know, we've got to talk about George Soros right now, as we speak, folks. This isn't conspiracy theory. This is admitted. He's saying it himself. He's saying it all over TV. He is loading up on short positions of Europe. He's betting against Europe. Imagine that. He starts funding mass migration from the Middle East into Europe, and now he's shorting it. Huh. Maybe that wasn't <laughs> such a good idea. Funny how, how that works. Well, well, he says, it's on, he says it's on the verge of collapse. And so you know that when he's talking it down, that uh, somewhere he is taking advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. So he says Europe's on the verge of collapse, which I think it is. I think that's fair to say. And now he's loading up on short positions of European financial companies. You know, as the migration comes, you have, I just read a story just coming across the wire like an hour ago. You have another car attack in England. Mm -hmm. You know, now they have so many acid attacks, so many car attacks, so many stabbings, so many rapes in Western Europe that they don't even report them anymore. It's not even news. Sure. And, and Trump is uh, getting pissed off at Merkel and threatening to um, uh, ban the import of German luxury cars. So that means, you know, BMW and Mercedes. Bye bye. Sure. Yeah. And you know what? I'll tell you what. They have that over there. I was just in Vienna, Austria very recently, and you don't see American cars there. You see German cars, of course. You see uh, some French Japanese, cars. Japanese cars are there. There's a, there was some, a handful of Japanese cars. There's definitely a lot of Hyundais, Korean. Um, but you do you do not see American cars, and it's because the tariffs are so onerous that it's like, you know, you can get a Mercedes-Benz E350, you know, or for $10,000 more, you can get a Ford. Right. And so, you know, they, we just can't compete there. Well, it's, over there, even taxi cabs are Mercedes. Oh, yeah. It's kind of nice. Um you know, it's a uh, it, it's 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 really um, an interesting an interesting thing. So, you know, Trump's really fighting back. He's he's even posed the the possibility of a complete ban on Mercedes Benz coming into the United States. That would uh, definitely shake the boat. What do you think? I mean, that that oh, would absolutely yeah that would that would rock the boat a little bit. I think that might get Merkel to the table before you know it. And but, of course, you know, I, I was thinking about that. Yeah, it, it might uh, get them to the table, but it would really hurt people here, too. Do you think so? You know, there are dealerships, oh, there are Mercedes such, dealerships yeah. all over the place. There's a lot of employ- people employed sure. by Mercedes here. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. I think that's a last-ditch move. I don't, I don't know that you could... Yeah, that, that, well, he can threaten, you know. I mean, that's, that's, his, that's his modus operandi. Right. You know, to, to say something completely outrageous that just gets him all apoplectic and then... And then just negotiate a different point. Well, and of course he is prepared to 
to do what he says he's going to do. I mean, just this. Well, morning. that's the that's the thing. That's the thing. You know, he's so unpredictable. They don't they don't know when he's <laughs> right. bluffing or serious. Just this morning, he woke up. Maybe he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. He d- decided to sign those steel tariffs against Mexico. He's crazy against Mexico. Here, that orange here. Ah, uh, he's an orange Cheeto man. He's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't you don't. No, that's. That's a orangutan here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Oops, that's racist. So, you know, it's racist against orange people, I guess, or whatever you might say. But, um, he, no, doesn't, but he doesn't have that orange tint anymore. He must have stopped using that hair color for men or something. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 he, you're right about that. He changed it. But, um, you know, or maybe he, he still just, has the white around the eyes, though. So he's still in the tanning booth. Right. Maybe he hasn't gotten as much sun. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But. Uh, you know, what I do know is this morning he went ahead and signed the steel tariffs. He gave Mexico a chance. He said, you're, he said I, at his campaign rally this week, he said, they're going to pay for the wall. And not only are they going to pay for it, but they're going to enjoy it. <laughs> and the crowd went wild. The crowd went wild. And they said, we're never going to pay for the wall. He said, fine. This morning he woke up, signed the tariffs against Mexico, said, you're going to pay for it that way. You know, get ready. Get yep. ready. You're going to pay for it that way, but you're going to pay, pay for, for it. for one way or the other. Yep, yep. I mean, isn't that great? Mexico is paying for the wall. <laughs> I mean, they're never going to pay. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, they will. And they are, starting today. Um, and it's going to be the biggest, most beautiful wall you've ever seen. Oh, it's going to be a tremendous wall. You know it is. It's just going to be an enormous, gaudy, flashy <laughs> wall and nobody's going to be able to climb over it and you know people are going to fall off trying and they're going to break their leg and the media is going to say it's a racist wall so you know that's all (laughs) the wall is racist (laughs) right the wall is racist even the trump wall is going to be a racist wall i'm sure you know they're they're going to make some case for that so you know that that's what's happening and um you know they are now paying for the wall um so you know trump will follow through and i think that's the message is he'll say he'll threaten crazy stuff He'll threaten stuff that nobody thought you could even possibly conceive of. Well, what did what did Mexico think? I mean, they are blatantly allowing people through uh, come through Honduras and other parts of South America and and just charge right through to the United States. They they are obviously um, a capit- you know they they are actually in, in I guess endorsing or or uh, funding or financing this whole operation of uh, bringing in these malcontents including people like the uh, the uh, MS13. Sure, sure. I mean they're an El Salvadorian gang. They came through Mexico up through uh, El Salvador and then through Mexico into the United States. And you know, it's well known that you know when Mexico has their prisons overcrowded, they load the people up onto buses and they drive them up to a deserted part of the border that doesn't have a wall usually along the border of Texas, sometimes in Arizona too. And they say, get out of the bus and don't turn around or you're going to be shot on sight. This is well known. They take the worst of the worst. They don't have any death penalty in Mexico. They take the worst of the worst. They load them up on on buses. They drive them up to the border and they push them right across. Say, have at it. It's all yours. American dream. Hey, don't forget to uh, sign up for the Dream Act on your way up. Don't. They've got food stamps over there. Don't worry. Oh, water, that, that'll be right to your right. Oh, food over there. And uh, last but not least, don't forget your Obama phone. They've got beautiful new Androids that you're going to love them. <laughs> no, that's, that's how it works. That's how it works. That, that's the Obama thing. That's what Samantha B is bitching about, is that that's not happening anymore and that Trump's putting a stop to it. That's her problem. They probably also have their field book to go to the nearest uh, welfare office and sign up right away. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. They do. How, you know, how to register to vote, get a, get a license, register to vote. You know, Ernie, my mom is a social worker. I don't talk about my family much in the podcast, but my mom is a social worker. She's been in the business 20 plus years. And she's got Mexican single mothers. They call them MSMs, not mainstream medias. And they're straight up from Mexico. They come in, anchor baby, pop one out. All right, they're here. And they get $900 a kid. And if they're single moms, meaning there's no father in the household, which we know is the most likely thing to just destroy the children and make them, you know, uh, derelicts of the highest order. If they're single moms, they get a thousand. They get a hundred extra. And she's got some of them who have five and six and seven kids who are making more money just to show up and pick up a check than her social workers are making that work under her. Sure. And they can have a live-in boyfriend and still stay single and uh, maybe have another provider, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is well-known. And, and that's just for having the kid. They still go and sign up for the food stamps. The kids still get on the DREAM Act, and they get a free, free schooling, uh, free education, all the way up through graduate school if they want it. And that's it. That's how it works. And meanwhile, they tell you they've got to raise taxes because we've got 150,000 homeless vets on the street. I think I know where that money's going. It's not going to the vets. It's not going to uh, the homeless. And, of course, the homeless are, are a different issue, but for a different day. But this is well known. And, and you wonder why people are coming. It's a very simple issue. Stop giving them free stuff. Stop giving out free stuff. I, I don't know what is so perplexing and complicated about this. Build a wall. Cut off the welfare. Problem solved. End of story. We don't need to keep making this so complicated. This is how it works. Go talk to anybody who works in the social welfare field and they'll tell you. Oh, they get busted? Oh, don't worry. L.A. County's got a $10 million legal reserve fund for illegal aliens that get busted for crimes to defend them and keep them in the country. Got to look out for your voters. Mm-hmm. Got to look out hey, for who, your voters. Who was that, uh, that Mexican drug uh, kingpin that they caught recently? And didn't they like confiscate something like uh, $25 billion from him? Why don't they just use that? Well, good question. Good, good question. No, I, I think that should be used. Um, I, I'm a you know zealot on this issue because I grew up in Southern California and you know have have watched many schools where you go to schools now and English is the minority language. Ernie, mm. English is not spoken in public schools all across Los Angeles and all across other areas of California and Arizona and Texas and New Mexico. It's just not. So, you know, that's, that's that. I, that's how it is. I, I, I guess people would rather have me sugarcoat it here and tell them it's all good and, you know, it's all stopped and everybody's going back, but it's just not. Yeah. People are pouring in. Drugs are pouring in. Crime is pouring in. Social issues are pouring in. The uneducated are pouring in. They're not sending their best. Trump said that again. He repeated that famous line at his rally this week. They're not sending their best, folks. Believe me. And they're not. Of course they're not. Of course they're not no. sending their best. You think they're going to take an astrophysicist or a businessman and he's going to get chosen for the visa lottery to be left left out of the country? I don't think so. Not a chance. Not a chance. But, you know, I, I, I want to talk about Robert Mueller's $16 million tab, speaking of wasting money. But first, we've got to talk about this pardon. It's, it's, it's very interesting. Dinesh D'Souza, a friend of mine, a friend of the program, an ally of all of our listeners and an ally for conservatism and all things good and righteous, has been pardoned for his campaign finance violation, which people remember years back, 
he had donated some money over the limit, convinced his friends to donate it. They claimed they were straw donations and there was some kind of fraud. It's all nonsense. Well, my understanding is that um, he convinced, I think, four or five friends to don- donate each $10,000 to this um, uh, can- uh, you know, a local candidate's campaign who subsequently lost. And then he reimbursed them, essentially. Sure. But what was his real crime? Helping Republicans get into office. Yeah, that's what I I don't. Yeah, that was the crime. Right. Right. This is this is an. (laughs) Oh, you can't do that. This is this is an FEC issue. The FEC is a administrative regulatory body. They deal with things with fines. Bernie Sanders paid fines. A lot of people paid fines. The FEC never should have resulted in him having his door kicked in, being raided by the FBI and being put in a cage. It is the highest order of, you know, just political uh, hack jobbery of our justice system that has ever happened. It's not not only that. Uh, There are other ways that he was uh, maltreated. Uh, When when it came to sentencing time, the the prosecutor, the government prosecutor, failed to uh, present to the judge precedent that um, an equal amount of precedent. Some precedent might be, you know, here are the worst types of... um, sentencing that you could give him and then here are other cases where the where it was much uh, lenient more lenient failed to show any of the lenient side so just showed them showed the judge just a a um, uh, you know a, a worst case scenario and so that's what the judge had to kind of pick from right 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 and and of course there should have been no jail time the you know he ended oh yeah the whole thing was ridiculous in the first place why is there even a law on this no he ended up in a halfway house i mean it's, it's just just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. But he's been pardoned now. He's been pardoned by Trump. That's been taken care of. So we're, we're glad to see Dinesh has been pardoned. Maybe we'll have him on the show again. He's been on the podcast before. Great guy. Uh, so hopefully we can get him back and, and maybe talk to him about it. He's going to be on Fox and Friends tomorrow morning. But I'm just glad to see this. I'm glad to see that Trump is, is righting these sort of wrongs. I hear uh, Martha Stewart is next. That's what I'm hearing, too. Uh, Kim Kardashian just went to the White House yesterday to, uh, to talk about a, a drug offender. You you knew more about wow, that Kim, than I did. Kim is now buzzed with Trump, and Kanye is buzzed with Trump. Oh, it's over. It's and then, over. of course, we have Bruce Jenner. Uh, I'm sorry, Caitlyn Jenner. We, we need Caitlyn Jenner in the in the White House. Oh, yeah. That's just a matter of time, I'm sure. You know, you remember that Caitlyn Jenner was a Ted Cruz supporter and then went for Trump after that. Oh, well, Bruce Jenner, you know, before being Caitlyn, and even now, is a big-time um, conservative. Right, right, right. Which, which doesn't, which is completely uh, mind-blowing to most, uh, to most Democrats and liberals. No, no, most, most liberals think that if you decide to dress up like the opposite sex and, um, you know, dismember your genitals in some way, which I, I don't have any problem with, you know, it's not, they're your genitals, not mine, I, I don't care. As long as you don't do it to children, right. uh, which is a whole different thing. But, you know, they think that means you automatically have to go and vote for a Democrat. And Trump is challenging all of those norms. I mean, you know, you have rappers now coming and supporting Trump. You have, you know, arguably one of the biggest brands in the world, Kim Kardashian, going and supporting Trump. Trump is by far the most famous and, and well-known and most talked about president of all time. How do you really think that somebody like Pocahontas... Or Eric Garcetti, somebody who most people have never heard of, is going to take this guy on. He is a juggernaut. He will crush them in 2020. He will crush them. It won't even be close. 
you're gonna and if he makes peace with North Korea and if he builds a wall, you're looking at 520 electoral votes. You're looking at Nixon in 72 is what you're looking at. I mean, well, it's, it's you want to hear something stuff. really weird? Did you know that uh, Mitt Romney is preparing to run for uh, for president in the next election? Oh, great! Yeah, that yeah, good against Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mitt, come on, please, please. I mean, he would be savaged. I mean, just <laughs> savaged. Oh, he doesn't want that. I mean, come on. He Why? Can't want Why? That. You know, he had such a good thing. I mean, he he did such a a fairly good job here in Massachusetts, other than the fact that he was the uh, inventor. Uh, his administration was the creator of Obamacare. Right, right. They created Obamacare and uh, wrote it up, and then basically they copy paste and they switched a couple words, and then they uh, called it federal. But uh, we, oh, we oh, get, getting off topic a little bit sure. here. Let me just tell you that I, I am under that system here in in Massachusetts, and it is the worst. Trying to get anything done through one of these uh, government employees that are administering our health care is a nightmare. They send us like these um, uh, six by uh, eight envelopes, you know, with these all the forms and everything in them. We get like four of them a day. And and, and each time we get them, they're giving us a, a new direction on what our coverage is or, or that we don't have coverage. It's just right because you just need you need paperwork. You just need <laughs> you need bureaucracy. You need paperwork. You need policy. You need memos. You need meetings. You need you, you have so many people who, to administer these systems, literally do nothing for a living. They send a memo to Jen, who sends a memo to Tim, who talks about the policy change with Jeff, who's got to talk to, you know, who's got to talk to Ernie about this, who's got to talk to Sarah about that. It's just a bunch of worthless paperwork and bureaucracy. Just burn it to the ground. And and everybody that works for these, uh, these places gives you a different story. (laughs) <laughs> right, every, right. Every time you call, it's a different story. Right, right. It's, it's, it's it, like, I, do you work for the same place? No, it's it's like this brilliant idea of, you know, well, we've got these people and they're highly educated. They're very smart and they're well paid and they're running our healthcare system. They're called doctors. Right, right. Well, we want to take the power away from them. We want to shift it over to these people over here. Government bureaucrats, bureaucrats. that don't give a damn about you. Nameless, faceless government bureaucrats oh that's gonna work it's gonna be great yeah well what do you think happens speaking of government bureaucrats who do nothing for a living and are worthless and get nothing done let's talk about robert Mueller for a second i came across this article it was like on the fourth row of drudge somehow and uh if you remember back a couple of weeks ago trump tweeted about robert Mueller's 10 million dollar witch hunt CNN called it an unsubstantiated exaggeration, and it couldn't cost anything near that, according to their sources and experts. Well, we've got the latest tabulation. The Justice Department was forced to come out with it, and it turns out that Mueller has spent more than $16 million. Wow. How many people do they have working there? They've got 13, the 13 angry Democrats. 13. So that's over a million dollars per person. <laughs> well, here's what they well, how say. Much do they, how, many, how, how much do they pay these people? Well, the, the, the top uh, GS1, that's the top rating. They could be paid up to 248000 which is like what the director of the FBI gets paid. All right. So, so they're, they're working off about a million dollars in expenses each? Right. So the, what they say here, I, this is from Bloomberg, and I quote, the majority of the funds spent by Mueller in the latest period, about $2.7 million, went to personnel, with the rest going to travel, office space, contracting services, the Justice Department said. 
Okay, so so okay, so they spend two point seven million on staffing. You've got ten people. They're making less than two fifty, but they haven't been working for a whole year, so that doesn't add up. That math doesn't work. But where does the other thirteen million dollars go? What kind of travel are they doing? Are, you know, are they? Do they have the beast? Uh, are they taking chartered flights? Oh, I, I know what it is. They got to find the oligarchs, so they have to go out on a yacht. That's what it is. They're chartering uh, yachts at a quarter million a week. Maybe that's it. They yes, are looking for the Russians to avoid the traffic. Oh, or maybe they got a submarine, and it's like the hunt for Red October. <laughs> I think that's what it is. They got a submarine. I bet you they have a nuclear submarine, and they're looking deep below the ocean for Russian collusion. I mean. This is this is just this is getting ridiculous. This this is this is really becoming the hunt for Red October. They're they're looking for a a missing a missing Russian sub that may be involved in collusion for the election. I mean, give me a break. This is just getting ridiculous. Sixteen million, and that's not it. They budgeted another ten million to fill out the rest of the year. It's already set oh, aside. God. There's <laughs> got to be an investigation, right? Right. I think we need a special counsel to invest, investigate the special counsel because, you know what, the, I think we do need a special counsel because, the, you know, all these Republicans, well, we don't need another special counsel. They, they do too much. They go after. Yeah, but that's what we need because this guy's out of control. We need somebody who's just an attack. He's dog. a thug. He's a thug. He is. He's a thug. He's robbed our country of millions of dollars now on top of everything else. Robert Mueller is a feckless thug. That's it. End of story. I'm so sick of, well, he's a war hero, you see. he's gr- No, no. This guy is a feckless, out-of-control thug that's used, that's used thug tactics, that use Nazi Germany tactics, who's wiretapped people, who's broken into people's homes, who's raided lawyers' offices. It's time to shut this guy down. You, you know, and, and I know, I know the, 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 well, he's destroying himself, and that's fine, too. I don't really mind one way or the other. Fire him, let him destroy himself. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, I could go either way on that issue. I think one way or the other, this guy's done for. He's there's there's no semblance of credibility left with this investigation, is there? I, I, am I missing something? No, no. And, and I and I think Trump has been showing that in some of his tweets lately. He's been saying, "Look, you know, these guys they don't bother me anymore. I'm just going to put them out of my mind and get to the work of the people." Yeah, yeah. They're not going to interview Trump. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, imagine how does that interview go? How, how does that interview with Trump go? Really? I mean, what... what I take the fifth. Yeah, what What really do these people... I take people, the fifth. Thank you very much. Just uh, put that... Uh, put ditto after that. Yeah. I'll see you later. Yeah, I mean, I'll take... You say, on the advice of counsel, I, respect, I, I respectfully choose to exercise my Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination and, and choose not to answer your question. And that will be the same answer I give you to all future questions. I can say it over and over again if you'd like, or I can leave now. I mean, that's really what you say. And then you walk the hell out of there. I mean, you, you don't talk to this guy. Who, whose central charter is to remove the president of the United States. You don't talk to a guy like that. You just don't. You don't waste your time with him. You're, you're, you don't need to well, defend yourself about it either. Yes, but then you have to get back to the work of flipping people. Yeah, right. You got to get flipping. And that's the strategy. I mean, you, you know, you see Mueller going after Alex Jones. You see Mueller going after Roger Stone. They've just decided, eh, we're not going to get Trump. Mueller already said that. He already said, under no circumstances do we indict the president. So now he's just going to go to try to take out his supporters. He's going to go try to take out Alex Jones. He's going to go try to take out Roger Stone. But I understand there may be an end around here. What do you mean? Right. Well, you were talking about a particular person that might be taking over another another person's job. Sure, sure. I think, and, and folks, you've got to hear me out here. This is going to sound unusual. 
But I think that Trey Gowdy's recent remarks, saying that, that, that it was proper to have the spy, saying that it was, you know, and, and by the way, Trey Gowdy wasn't even in that meeting with, with the DOJ where they talked about the spy. So that's interesting. He said it was proper to have the spy. I think he's trying to ingratiate himself with the deep state, get through a confirmation hearing, become attorney general and prosecute all these people. I think he's using Trump tactics. Exactly. He's throwing him a, a, you know, a curveball. No, a screwball. <laughs> yeah, a screwball is right. I mean, he's throwing a him something. <laughs> a knuckleball. He's throwing him something. I mean, and it's. I think it. I think that's what's going to happen. Jeff Sessions is going to act. I mean, Jeff Sessions has recused himself from, you know, everything but wiping his own ass. He's not going to, uh, you know, do a, a damn thing. Okay. And and, and I know I know the thirty thousand sealed indictments and, please, Bill Mitchell, please. You've got this evidence that, that, that shows that there's 30,000 sealed indictments. Could you, could you just show it to us, maybe? Just send it to me. You don't have to tweet it out. So, so, Trey, so you think Trey Gowdy is on his way in, going to replace Sessions. He's thrown up a smokescreen so that it, it smooths the path to his um, nomination by making it appear as if he's going to be tough or, on, or conf- Trump. on co- confirmation. Yeah, yes, exactly. So he's he's I think he'd have trouble getting through the Senate if he if he started echoing Trump and saying spygate and spies and deep state. I think he'd have real problems. So I think he's trying to ingratiate himself with these people over the next couple of weeks. I think Sessions will finally resign and I think Trey Gowdy will be on the path to becoming the next attorney general. I think that's what's coming. And of course, he said, you know, I, I'm tired of all this uh, politicking and lawmaking. I want to get back to the uh, process of prosecuting. Yeah, that's what he did. He said say. that. He's been he saying that, that over and over again. He's been for saying the past that over months. and over again. So you've got those two things that kind of contrast each other. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, the latest we, we hear about Sessions is not only is he recused, but now he's cooperating with Mueller. The latest reports say that. When he was called down to Mar-a-Lago, Trump asked him to not to unrecuse himself and get on top of that thing and finish it out. And now he's cooperating with Mueller and Mueller's investigating that interaction and trying to build some kind of BS obstruction case. So Sessions is is a snake in the grass at at worst, and at best he is a lazy guy who doesn't want to do his job. Well, and this is really confusing because he's had the reputation of being a real straight shooter for his entire career. A little, you know, way, you know, his, he has old ideas and he really needs to be updated with, you know, modern day society and about the way things work these days. But he's always been a straight shooter. And I think that this will um, tarnish his reputation. Right. Right. I just think a lot of these people don't have the guts to, to go in and march in and take Hillary Clinton into custody. To be honest Why? with you. What? <laughs> She's not that powerful anymore. Right. Right. I just... I th- she I has no think, power. I don't think they have the guts to do it. But, uh, you know, we're running out of time here, Ernie. We've got a wrap, uh, but it's been a fantastic, fantastic show. We've covered a lot of stuff. We've got great new stuff coming out. We're going to have video coming soon. We're going to be streaming everywhere, Twitch, you name it. It's going to be all over the place. We're going to have great new guests coming up. We're going to have streams. We're going to have you name it. So you got to stay tuned with the podcast. In the meantime, subscribe. Share the link with your friends. Get it out there. You can even donate on thewashingtonreporter.com. We will see you guys on Monday, unless something happens in the meantime and we're forced to do an emergency broadcast. But all other (laughs) things being equal, we'll see you guys on Monday. Thanks for listening.